And the question is, how do we balance wives submitting to their husbands with women leading a church? Okay. So if we quickly read that passage, um, so Ephesians 5.21, says there, Submit to one another out of reverence of Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is head of the church, his body, of which he is the saviour. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so the wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife <coughs> loves himself. And after all, no one has ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and will be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. Okay. So, in, uh, in the first reading of this, uh, you, it would appear that there is a, some sort of hierarchy of order in marriage, that wives submit to the husband who is the head. Uh, but the verse before this has a requirement on each person to submit to each other. In this, there is no male or female husband or wife. It is a universal instruction. So straight away, if we're not careful, we can see a conflict and come down on one side. If we take the verses without context, we might say that wives must submit to their husbands but husbands don't need to submit to wives. But by saying this, we immediately contradict the verse before. So we need to understand what Paul is driving at. And again, it comes back to context. And, uh, and Jamie's been talking about this as well, and, and Rochelle. So in, in the world at the time, the, uh, the Greco-Roman world, husbands, fathers and masters held absolute unquestioned authority. The household code of the time had a completely one-sided approach only those who were in authority were addressed. Qualities such as love and self-sacrifice would have been challenging and offensive to many of the readers. The headship of husbands to wives is likened to the headship of Christ as saviour of the church. Self-sacrifice for the benefit of others and unending love. He does not use words about leading or having authority over in this passage but rather presents the parallel idea of submission and sacrifice and love and respect with clarity. The way Paul previously uses the picture of Christ as head of the church is not primarily a picture of authority over the church, but rather a picture of the unity that the church has with Christ and the empowerment to the church brought by that union, that the church might grow and be built up in every way into him. See, using the illustration of Christ and the church makes it extremely doubtful that Paul is instructing wives to submit, to, to submit because the husband is her authoritative leader. There is no command for a husband to exercise authority over his wife. Paul was challenging the issues of the day. Husbands lording it over the wives, almost as, as they owned them. Wives wanting to usurp, manipulate and scheme. 
which goes back to Genesis 3. Both of these attitudes are challenged, not to establish one as over the other, but a way of uniting the two. Now, I do believe there is a way of operating in a marriage that works based on these verses. I do not exercise authority over my wife, but I do have responsibility to sacrifice for the good of my wife and my family. I know I have my wife's respect, and I try to love her as Christ loved the church. We, I, often don't live up to that, but we seek to live this out by his spirit. But in addition to that, I also recognise that God has given uh, Katrina a great deal of wisdom. And submitting to her in that has significantly benefited our marriage and family. And I know that my wife loves me. But if you look at verses 22 to, to 30, both those aspects are not covered. But that doesn't mean they don't apply and are not necessary in a marriage. These verses were addressing a specific issue. And if you ignore verse 21 and take the verses literally without considering other passages, I could take the view that as a husband, what I say goes, and my wife should just lump it or like it. I don't think I'm going to try that. That is clearly not what Paul is saying. So whilst they are responsibilities talked about in these verses, they do not establish a hierarchy or one having authority over the other. But even if we establish there is a difference in a marriage relationship, does this translate to male-only leadership in a church? I don't believe it does. The verses say that Christ is head of the church, not that Christ is head of the church and that men are head over the church as well. You cannot argue for two heads from these verses. We are all the church, with Christ as the head. We are all the priesthood, all offering spiritual sacrifices to God in whatever role and gifting he has assigned to us. The final thought in the passage, and this was very interesting when I looked at this, it culminates in talking about a mystery of being one flesh, male and female, Christ and the church. A hierarchy of man over women at that time was not a mystery. That's how it was. It was to be expected in the culture of Paul's day. But a union that leads to equality, now that was a profound mystery. <coughs> 